Welcome to the Empowered Patient Podcast. This entire year and going forward, we'll be discussing women's health and we'll be really addressing everything from preeclampsia, some high-risk pregnancy, and things that you can do to learn and grow with us. And today on the call, we have Dr. Abode, who you've met before in season one of the Empowered Patient Podcast. And joining us as well as Mimi, and um, she has gone through um, and survived preeclampsia. And as a result, she started her own organization as well, which she will tell a bit about too during the, the call. But today is really just a conversation between a patient and a provider and a physician on OBGYN and how they interact in an office setting. So Dr. Oldi and Mimi, uh, take the floor, it's, it's yours. All right. Very, very nice to meet you, young lady. Um, I'm happy to answer any of your questions. Don't, don't just dive into any question that your heart desires. And if I don't know it, I'm not bashful. I'll tell you I don't. And I will look for that information for you and I will get it to you. So you can get started. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, uh, Mohammed and Doctor. Um, I'm so excited to be here. Um, um, I've been talking to Mohammed for you know some time. When I posted about my journey with preeclampsia, he actually sent me a message. So that's how we met. He sent me a message and he explained his story um, about his sister how his sister died from, uh, passed away from preeclampsia as well. So that's how we connected on Facebook. And since then um, we became friends. Um, so yeah, so for me, my- One second. Yeah. And this is normal in an office setting, by the way. The physicians get pulled away by their, by their nurse, um, their receptionist, it's very really normal. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, that's very true. <laughs> All right, go ahead. So, right, so, like I was saying, we met on Facebook, posted my story, and he saw that, sent me a message, and he told me about his sister that about, that passed away from preeclampsia in Sierra Leone, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so that's how we met. So, a little bit about me. Um, I grew, you know, I grew up in Sierra. I was born in Sierra Leone. Grew up in Canada. Moved to U.S. about nine years ago. Um, in twenty, I'll say in twenty thirteen, I found out I was pregnant with my first child. Super excited. And uh, but mind you, before that, I was diagnosed with high blood pressure at the age of nineteen. So I already had a pre-existing condition Correct. of high blood pressure, but I knew nothing about preeclampsia. So um, I was very ignorant of the fact that with having high blood pressure, you're already at risk for preeclampsia during pregnancy. And because of the transition from Canada to here, I didn't really have a stable doctor to know about my record and everything like that. So once I got married in 2013, got pregnant, and um, I'll say about a week or two after that, I just started experiencing hypertension from there. You know, my blood pressure started going up, went to, uh, found a doctor, OBGYN at that time and placed me on medication. But um, I was on five different medications and my blood pressure was still just elevating, you know? So um, fast forward to about 27 weeks, two days, I had my son 
through an emergency C-section because my blood pressure was just too high. Um, my numbers were like 110 over 200 plus. So I had to, you know, stay in the, the other way around 200 over 110. 200, yes, right. okay. <laughs> 200 over one something, okay. yes. Thank you, okay. doctor. Okay. Uh, but at that point it was just too high. So at 27, uh, two days I had my son. And again, I was very ignorant of the fact I did not know what to do at that point or you know what preventions that I needed to take before um, getting pregnant or anything like that. And fast forward again to two years after that, I got pregnant, my second pregnancy with my daughter. With her, it was a little bit different. Um, my blood pressure was actually under control in the beginning um, until I got to about 27 weeks again. And I went in for a checkup, 27 weeks, um, four days. And they're like, oh, there's no blood flow to the baby. Blood pressure is too high. You needed to come to the hospital to um, just get bed rest and stuff. And while I was there, everything just went crazy. Blood pressure went up again and we had to do another um, emergency C-section. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so after my second uh, child, I decided to have a nonprofit for women in Africa who are going through the same thing um, with high blood pressure and diabetes through, you know, throughout their pregnancy to help them, educate them, give them the resources that they need. So um, with that being said, my first question to you will be is, what is really what is preeclampsia? Because I know a lot of people talk about, even me when they ask me, I say preeclampsia is hypertension during pregnancy. But is it only hypertension during pregnancy or is it more to it? Is there more to it? Yes, there, there's more to it. Okay. Uh, you described one example of how you can get preeclampsia and that is you've already have high blood pressure. So in your situation, let's just focus on you for now you have what is described as superimposed preeclampsia over your chronic high blood pressure. Okay? Okay. So that's what you have. And you demonstrated that very well because you, if, it, okay, I, if you'll be kind enough, I'm just going to ask, how old were you when you first got pregnant with your first one? Uh, I was 20, about 27. Okay. And uh -huh. then you got pregnant about 28 again. So, among the people that will have preeclampsia are very young and very old that are getting pregnant, okay? Very young and very old, okay? So let's focus on you again. You, you, did, this, you did exactly what we expect you to do, and that is we've known you to have, uh, have preeclampsia with your previous pregnancy. You demonstrated you're likely to do it again with your next one, and you did. Yes. Okay. So, as a matter of fact, there is a patient now that we are praying for who delivered a few days ago and she went home. And my colleagues from Florida, she's a good friend of mine, she's a nurse. I have two of them. We are praying partners. They just sent me a text about an hour ago that I should include her in our prayers because she's not doing very well. She had postpartum preeclampsia. Mm. Okay, so let's just, okay. So, and then in your situation also, if you choose to have another baby 10 years apart, 
from your last one, your chances are increased again to have preeclampsia. Okay. So, and what is preeclampsia? Preeclampsia is elevated blood pressure, okay, defined as 140 over 90, okay, and you take them like four hours apart. If they stay high both times and your pregnancy is over 20 weeks, by definition, you are preeclampsia. Okay. Okay. In your situation, you've already been known to have high blood pressure at the age of 19. So you've already brought in that high risk. You have already been defined as high risk. So by being pregnant again, by being pregnant on top of that blood pressure, you set yourself up to have preeclampsia. Okay. And so preeclampsia by definition is just, like I said, Elevated blood pressure, mm -hmm. 140 systolic or diastolic of 90, equal or greater than 90. If you take them four hours apart and they're still the same, even with bed rest, you are defined as preeclamptic. What are the other things that, are, that, you, that you want to add to make sure that, yes, we are definitely dealing with preeclampsia? And then, then see preeclampsia, we can grade them into like seven different uh, 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 ways, stages, if you okay. will. Uh -huh. We can call one. So let's say you are normotensive, that is your blood pressure is like 120 over 80 before you go pregnant. But as you go through your pregnancy, you develop high blood pressure alone. Uh, your protein in your urine is less than 300 milligrams in 24 hours. Your serum creatinine is less than 1.1 and your platelet is not low. Everything else is normal, but all you have is just elevated blood pressure. We define that as gestational hypertension. It's only okay. when you are pregnant that that happens. That, that happens. Okay. Because uh, that was another question I was going to ask. I don't mean to right. cut you off because no, I, no, had no, protein, no, no. I had protein in my urine and right. I had my protein was over 3,000 plus. I don't know what that means, it's but high. I had protein in my urine and right. started to affect my, even up to now, I have to see nephrologists because it started to affect it. It started affecting my kidneys and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, so that means that was not just blood pressure. That was mm -hmm. other things added right. to it. Right, right, right. So, so that's, that's, hey, so when, so when we say preeclampsia, okay, so we have so much to talk about this, and this is just so fun for me, because when I was in private practice for the 30 years, if I see any normal pregnancy, I'm, 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 I'm nervous. All my patients are abnormal. <laughs> I don't see anything normal. And a lot of my patients are from low socioeconomic status. Yes. yes. So what does that tell me? Mm. That tells me that if you are from low socioeconomic uh, area, you are likely not eating right. And most of the things you eat are salt, uh, you know, are embedded with a lot of salt. So to screen people as something you want to do in your, in your uh, quest to help uh, people in Africa, because what goes on in Syria alone is going on in Nigeria. It's going on in all the 54 countries out of the Sahara. We know right. that. Right. And that's okay. that's a question that I was going to ask. How do we help 
these yeah. women and the, oh, you yeah. know information. That's, so we'll what, that. that's what led myself. That's what led to uh, uh, Mohammed and myself to the whole idea. We we've been working on different projects, two two different. Well, one project that we split into two, if you will. He's right. now he can't sleep. He's doing one every day now, and that is this in of care that we're uh, coming up with, which as a matter of fact, among the things we talked about when we were talking about it, he's taking full control of it now because he, that's all he does do, is how are we going to use this to help people in developing yes. countries? Yes. Because everybody's got smartphones. Yes. But I can link you with a physician up here mm -hmm. and you can talk to somebody who will help us to get you going. As a Absolutely. matter of fact, now we are seeing patients using telehealth, pregnant women. Mm, they, yes. you, take, you take your own blood pressure, mm -hmm. you tell us what it is. You weigh yourself, you tell us what it is. Within, in that period of nine months that you're pregnant, we like to, I'd like to see you gain only 25 pounds. If you, if you give me less, I'll take it. If you start gaining more, I'm gonna start, really worried about you. Mm -hmm. If you're black, I'm gonna hone on you a whole lot because black people are likely to Right. Have and that was another answer. question too. I you know we're touching on everything, but the questions will come up definitely, you know, oh, because yeah, yeah. Yeah. from my research and and all of that, I you know I found that that you know women of color are being affected by this a lot more than you know um, other groups of women. Black affected more than white and Asian and Latino less. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so now we already we know our problem. Nobody's gonna solve it for us but us. So mm -hmm. we have to start telling people what the first day you go see your doctor, we have to make sure that your BMI is less than 30. It will be nice if it's less than 30. Okay. That you are not overweight for starters. We have to screen you for blood sugar. Mm -hmm. If you are diabetic, you're likely to be preeclamptic. Mm. Sure. Okay. Sure. You're likely to be preeclamptic. If you're carrying more than one baby, if you're having twins, you're likely to be preeclamptic as okay. a black person. Now, if you have vascular disease, as in your situation, a 19-year-old having elevated blood pressure, we need to find out what caused what? you, okay? So your nephrologist, they will have to look at it and say, well, why did she develop it at 19? Mm -hmm. Does she have some sort of vascular disease that we don't know about? We need to look at that. Does she have autoimmune problem, like a connective tissue disease like lupus? Mm. We need to know that, mm -hmm. okay? So... Those are the things. And once we see you, you're black, you're overweight, you, your blood pressure is right in borderline 135, 140. At, during that, your first visit, we should start you on aspirin. Okay. So that's, is it, is it regular strength aspirin or the baby? 81, 81, okay. 81 milligrams. Mm -hmm. What does that do? The aspirin, okay, okay, let's, let's go back. The problem that we see with preeclampsia is the placenta being not uh, adherent to the uterine wall in a normal physiologic way. There okay. is a problem with it. Okay. 
And so that is that's why at 27, 28 weeks, they said, names, we gotta take this baby out. Yeah. The 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 the, the uh, treatment of preeclampsia is delivering the baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my OB said that. He said the only thing that we can do because we tried everything, but he said the only thing you can do with preeclampsia is to have the baby. We have to have the baby. Mm-hmm. So, and anytime I'm delivering a preemie, okay, I always pray it's a woman, it's a girl. Right, because they do better. Yeah, so I have a boy uh-huh. and a girl, but I had the boy first. He was only one pound, uh, 10 ounces, but the girl was one pound 13. And even now, she is growing better, <laughs> yeah. doing way better. She did better than EQ. She mm-hmm. latched on uh, when breastfeeding. She did everything. Mm-hmm. you know, much better. But they told me in the NICU that girls do do better. And, you okay. know, let me also, do. let me also tell you how I like, how we space them out. It's going to be a black girl, then a, a, a white girl, a black boy, then a white boy. That's the order they would, that is if you deliver all these four mm-hmm. at 27, 28 weeks, the black girl will do better. It will follow by the white girl. It will follow by the black boy. And the last one will be the white boy. Okay. So I have a quick, uh, a question, another question. Sure. Sure. So with the, with the preeclampsia, because I know there's something else called eclampsia, right? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. with, my, with my first pregnancy, it told me that I almost got to eclampsia because like I said, fr- from the beginning of the pregnancy, I had problems. My blood pressure was elevated. I took all kinds of medication that you can think about, the labetalol, the L-O-L-O. <laughs> it did not work because usually I'll take the losartan and the, you know, chlorothalidin for, you know, water and stuff like that. So, you know, took the other ones during the pregnancy, they did not work. So they told me that I almost got to eclampsia. So what is the difference between preeclampsia and eclampsia? So you have all the features of preeclampsia. You have high blood pressure, blood pressure 140 over 90. Mm-hmm. You have proteinuria greater than 300 milligrams in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Your platelet count is less than 100,000. Your liver enzymes are high. The, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the uh, um, um, ALT and uh, um, all, the, all, the, all the transaminases are high. So the okay. liver enzymes are high. You have um, um, pitting edema, you're swollen like crazy, like a toad. You've been on bed rest, you're still not getting any better, right? All of a sudden, we're sitting there, it never happens when everybody's around. One o'clock in the morning, the nurses are tired, the physicians are tired, and all of a sudden, the woman starts having seizures. When seizure comes in with preeclampsia, that mm-hmm. is defined as eclampsia. Okay. You have to have seizures. And we have to be careful. All I'm worried about when the lady is having seizure, so make sure, control the head so she doesn't bang her head against anything. Mm-hmm. Control the tongue so she doesn't bite her tongue and mess it all up. So we'll start you on um, a magnesium sulfate. I know. did take that. I took I'm magnesium. 
Hor horrible, uh, horrible I, experience. I, I <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, from Texas, where this whole came came about, uh, Williams of Stradix, the guy that wrote uh, Bible of OBGYN, when they started using magnesium sulfate, they don't even give it IV. I heard him talk about almost 30 years ago. I was sitting right next to him and just like, this is the author of my book, you know? And he says they just take 10 milligrams of it in, 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 on the needle and mm -hmm. just jam it right in your butt. That's wow. it. Another 10, like in like 10 minutes, you have like 20 uh, um, uh, milligrams of, uh, of uh, magnesium sulfate right in your system. We got to get it high. Because wow. we, want that, we want that seizure to calm down. But remember yeah. now, let me just tell you, magnesium sulfate will help us calm down your seizure. It does not affect your blood pressure. Mm, you see, but that's, that's because when I was in the hospital, they made it seem like the blood pressure, it will help the blood pressure. I mean, they talk about bleeding and the bleeding in the head and yeah. for the yeah. child and everything right before yeah. both pregnancies, I took uh, magnesium sulfate, um, yes. Yes, I was on IV 24 hours right. before my surgeries, mm -hmm. but I thought that would have helped with blood pressure because every time they come to blood pressure, I'm like, but I already took the magnesium or I'm on magnesium, so. Right, magnesium can also thin your blood. So when I'm doing my C-section on somebody like you, I have all my hemolytic, uh, 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 everything that will help me cramp your uterus down. I have, mm -hmm. my, I have my pitocin and I'm, I have my, uh, um, uh, I don't know why I'm blocking on this agent. Um, it's another, I, I just inject it right on your uterus. Mm. I, I just, just, and I hold on to the uterus and I pray. I'm just revealing my secret. Nobody knows that in the old. I'm praying, God yeah. help me with this. Yeah. Help me, Jesus, help yeah. me. Nobody knows that, but I'm holding mm. on to that uterus to just contract it down. Because, mm. the, the, I mean, you don't have that much platelet. Mm -hmm. platelet i need platelet for you to cut yeah absolutely mm -hmm. so so and i don't want you to breathe to bleed in your head yeah and i don't want I, I don't want two 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 patients in my hand wow mm -hmm. so it's something that we all have to know about in developing country nobody nobody's going to help us that's why i'm interested in what you're doing so Bye. So, uh -huh. so once we, um, you know, I'll get the C-section going, we deliver the baby, we make sure we control bleeding, we sew the uterus back, I put you back on the, in, your, on the, in your room, and I have to keep giving you your magnesium sulfate. I mm -hmm. want to make sure you are peeing, though. I want to. Well, pee. that's what I was going to say. You know <laughs> why? Because that happened to me my, uh, with my daughter, the second pregnancy. Right. After I took the IV, I stopped peeing. And everyone freaked out. They had the catheter in, and for some time I didn't pee. So they just thought, oh my God. But, but at the time I was still pregnant when I had the magnesium. And, oh my God, she's losing her kidneys. They called my nephrologist because I do have one at nephrologist. Uh, John Hopkins, they called him, but my lab wasn't showing that. So what I happened was I wasn't peeing. And then when they put the catheter in, when I started peeing, not knowing that I, I don't know what they did, but I was bleeding so they thought the bleeding was coming from my kidneys okay. but it was actually coming from my blood <laughs> i think they forced it in so hard or whatever it is so but they they panicked they thought because i didn't pee for a while 
So it was coming from my kidneys, maybe stress from the pregnancy and all of that. So they said, you, you have to pee and all that. So good thing you said that because it did happen to me. I, I went so, through everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's why I'm using you as a, as a starting point. So what I would generally do, instead of putting too much fluid into you, I would mm -hmm. slow down your fluid level to even 100 cc's an hour or 75 cc's an hour just to keep the vein open. Wow. But I will make sure, just keep an eye on that, uh, on that uh, urine. You will open up, you will. I want you to give me 300 cc's and you will, you will. God is kind. Wow. Um, you know, he, you will open up. It's just a question of time. That's why you just have to have faith. Mm -hmm. um, so, so uh, it's, it's a very, very difficult disease. Um, difficult. Uh, you can't escape it if you're going to get it. If mm -hmm. there's a first relative that has preeclampsia, you're likely to have it. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. First relatives so are having. Does that mean like my daughter might be likely to have it too when she's yeah, going? But, through... I, but I won't. I won't present that to her yet. Right. Okay. All yeah. right. We just have to just keep that in mind. Say, mm -hmm. hey, girl, maybe you just just lay low on the salt. Uh, my spirit tells me that you shouldn't be eating a lot of salt. Right. And then she's gonna <laughs> well, say, she's Mom, four, so I have I a know. long way to convince her. I know, I know, I know. But before you know it, she'll start right. talking. And then you're gonna say, Hey, you know, I'm, I don't want you to eat a lot of salt. Right. I want you to drink right. lots of water to stimulate right. okay. your kidney. Uh, make sure your weight is not more than 25 pounds. Right. And let's just check your blood sugar so that you are okay. Um, and, you know, there are other things, too, that we need to, other medical problems that can cause us to worry about preeclampsia. If you have thyroid issues, mm. thyroid is not functioning very well if you low thyroid. So that's why among the um, blood work that you want to get on anybody that is pregnant in their first trimester will include everything we've talked about, your CBC, your chemistries, your thyroid um um your and then you screen them screen them for 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 diabetes so for women so for women in africa now because you know we're in this part of the world where we can do all of that the screening the this the that i work with women who some of them don't even go through all of these screening and stuff like that so how do we help them to prevent the risk or minimize the risk okay because you know, in Africa as well, you you know, you're from there, you know, it's all about salt, what we eat, we add the um, ghee cubes and the salt and the this and the that. So that's what they're used to, you know, that's what we're used to. So how do we, how do we help to minimize this risk or even prevent it? Okay, this is where Mo will have to come in. We have to ask uh, Mohammed, we need some sort of uh, video PR. You've experienced video PR we're gonna how we're gonna get it is that is it gonna be during the news that's talking about news we'll slot it in mm -hmm. uh, well we have to do it to suit us we cannot do things the way they do it here what mm -hmm. suits us in Africa yeah. it, yes. Americans don't have to like it I don't want them to like it it's mm -hmm. what suits us yeah hey uh, if we're going to speak it in our language, if we're going to mm -hmm. speak it in English, we mm -hmm. have to sit down with PR company and say, let us design something that people understand. Mm -hmm. Let us come up with um, um, uh, flyers 
Mm -hmm. and say if you're going to be getting pregnant, these are the things you want to watch out for because mm -hmm. these are the things that may be difficult. It may be dangerous for you while you're pregnant. There's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with pregnancy, but, but at the end of that PR, at the end of that uh, promotion or whatever we call it, we have to indicate to them that prevention is better than mm -hmm. care. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So, yeah. that, so, okay, take a look at what you just said about, ooh, I'm not sure if I can get a 24-hour urine sample. That's easy. Tell this lady when they come to the clinic or even at home, give us a midstream urine. Put it in a car. Yeah. And give them a, a, a strip. Dip it. Yes. If, your, if your strip is, is showing protein greater than one, you mm -hmm. are probably preclampic. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we don't we don't have to do everything like develop nation. It'll be right. great. It'll be great. But if we cannot, it's okay. We'll right. get we'll get what we need. But go ahead. Mm -hmm. You're gonna ask me another question. Yeah, no, no, no. So I was saying that you know what ways and how do we how do we help them? What are the suggestions? What to eat? Because even with my organization. I try not to do only the medical side in the sense that, oh, you know, you have to, you, you have to not do this. And I try to also do the, um, what's it called? Provide nutrition as well because, uh -huh. or educational nutrition, because most of these women do not know. We're just used to the oils and the salt or whatever we used to. Uh -huh. But when women get to that point, how do they prevent it? You know what I mean? What do they eat? How do they, is there a plan for it? Well, okay. So, I don't think you can really, really prevent preeclampsia. Once you're pregnant, you are, you are likely, you are eligible to get it based on all this stuff we've been talking about. But we can minimize the problem if, if we educate them. Education is the best thing. Take a look at what the, take a look at what the Bible says. It says, "My people perish for lack of knowledge." Yes. If you teach people what they need to know, we can start getting better. Yes. We can start mm -hmm. getting the no questions asked. And what Mohammed is doing about this um this telehealth, international telehealth, it's amazing. It's it's, it's the best amazing. thing. Yes. It's the best amazing. thing. You because know? you can connect with doctors anywhere, ask questions, and they can yeah. guide you in what yeah. to do. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing we have to do in developing country, y'all. We have to remember that the people, the physician, the healthcare provider in developing country, they are not comfortable with you. They mm. feel they are substandard to you and they are not. Mm. But you have to be careful how you talk to them and let them know, listen, at the end of the day, is the outcome of this pregnancy that matters. It doesn't, you and I don't matter. I don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. You don't yeah. matter. It's the yeah. woman and the baby that yeah. matters. Yes. We have to impress that on yeah. them because they can start alienating us. They can start saying, Well, if you're that good at what you're doing, why don't you come down here? That's right. The point. Right. It's saving it's, lives. Well, just that's, even that's, you know, yeah. even with, with Sierra Leone, the statistics yeah. are more women they have a higher risk of uh, uh maternal mortality in Sierra Leone. What do you, oh, know, that, what do you know about the now? highest in the world? No, that's not true. What about Nigeria? Fifty-four thousand deaths every year. Yeah, fifty-four, yeah. and that's the one they can count. Among one of them as well. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I, that's 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 the one they can count. I bet right. you there's more than yeah. that. 
Yes. More than so, that, absolutely. Oh yeah. Yes. So mm -hmm. I mean, what you're doing, I, I I love every minute of it. Uh so preeclampsia is a problem. Mm -hmm. We need to be aware of it. We need to ask ourselves, am I too am I very young getting pregnant? Am I very old getting pregnant? It's a disease of pregnancy. You have to be pregnant to get it. But can it's, you manage it when you get it during pregnancy in yeah, the yeah. sense that Without, okay, so let's say you don't have all the, can you manage it through diet or food? Yes, yes, okay. yes. You, you decrease your salt intake. Decrease your salt intake. Don't eat too much carbohydrates. We have all these cassava byproducts. <laughs> we have all, aha. Uh -huh. I mean, I'm not going to ask you not to eat. Right. If, you, if you used yeah. to eat too two cups of fufu or two cups of rice, turn it down to one. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. mix it up with fruits. Mm. And, and, and okay, another thing, increase your water intake. Africa is hot. You're about five mm -hmm. degrees from the equator. You sweat a lot. You're going to lose a lot of, you're going to, due to the heat, you're going to lose a lot of water. Drink right. plenty. Drink yes. plenty of water. That's yes. going to help you. And anytime you sleep in at night, keep your legs elevated above your heart mm -hmm. so that blood return to the heart could be easy, could be better. Mm -hmm. And anytime you sleep, sleep on your left side because blood flow to the baby is better on the left. <laughs> no, because that is, I, even now, I'm so used to it now that I sleep on my left side. That's it. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Even with my normal, like, because no, uh, normally outside of um, 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 pregnancy, my blood pressure is under control, even though okay. I'm on medication. Very good. So, but now, even if I get a headache, I'm like, oh, my left side, it might help. Yes, yes. yes. And, and keep your legs, keep those legs elevated. So that yeah. blood flow to the heart could be increased. Okay. We need to tell them that. We need to let them know that, okay, that Africa is hot, but if you can wear support stockings, support mm -hmm. stockings, knee-high support stockings, don't let, it, don't let it occlude the back of your knee, but knee-high, so they make yeah. them look pretty these days. Even my right. airline hostesses <laughs> patients, they don't like the white ones before, but they have all these fufu flower stuff on them now. Yeah, so they make nice them look really pretty. So, so, so I was, I found out the, you, I told you that I like to inject the uterus with uh, a medication. It's called mm -hmm. Hemobate. Hemobate. And okay. that is a very good constricting agent. But there's one agent I cannot use when I'm dealing with preeclamptic, and that is methogen. Methogen, it will it can increase your blood pressure, so I'm not going to use that. I can use pitocin, and I can use hemobate. So we have to make sure in our hospitals that we start having a way to provide these physicians, uh, let them stock them, uh, so that when we have patients that do have problem with preeclampsia, that we have all these things available. And of course, blood bank will be nice to have too. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about and that later. Is, and I think this is great too as well, Doc, because um, what Mohammed is doing, because not only can a patient connect with um, a doctor from here, but you can also connect doctors and doctors where you can share ideas and talk to each other about your experiences or what to do when you have Okay. A situation that you're not familiar with, you know. As a, as a matter of fact, that's one of the things that uh, we're going to encourage on this uh, on this link, and mm -hmm. that is if we have, say, 
I don't know which hospital will uh, encourage us to have that uh, that kind of a relationship. And like, uh, let's say, let's say Hopkins say, well, okay, we'll we'll allow you guys to 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 log in from Nigeria or from Syria alone as a physician, which will be nice. Let's say you have somebody in labor, okay, and you can call over here and say, hey, let me show you my strip. I mm -hmm. mean, she's been in labor for about an hour, about two hours. Mm -hmm. She hasn't changed her service. Her blood pressure is 150 over uh, 90. My platelet is dropping. I don't mm -hmm. know what's happening. If you get consultation like that, and the American physician says, you know what? I've never seen any mother that cries about a scar on their belly. If they have a good baby and a good mom, they'll be happy. Mm -hmm. Do a C-section. My C-section yeah. rate, rate was high when I was doing OB. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of my patients just don't have the pelvis. Wow. And they are low-income people, and I don't want a baby to die on me. So yeah. let me let me have a baby and let me have a mom. Right. So that's, a, that's a good uh, thing with this yeah. uh, with this um, 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 telehealth thing. Let's connect with American physicians. Connect, what yeah, connecting with other physicians every everywhere, exactly. everywhere anyway. in the world, Canada, yeah. everywhere. It's just yeah. You said to just get people on board that will be right, that uh, will be willing to want to do this, yeah. you know, and mm -hmm. so that that is something that we will incorporate as time goes on. But um, what yes. do you think? Um, what do you think is the main reason why women of color are being affected or are at a higher 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 risk of dying during pregnancy or having pregnant uh, pregnant uh, complication complication um, complication during pregnancies? Okay. This what do you been, think is the um, this, uh, yeah this has been looked at i'm not sure we really have a finger on it other than the fact that if you look at us from childbirth from little children we have been exposed to not so good diet okay we've been exposed to um everything that will make us not do well in pregnancy most of us not all of us right okay um, and we don't get to go see doctors early in life. For instance, let, let's, let's go back to your case. A 19-year-old with elevated blood pressure. Mm -hmm. When was the first time you were seen by your pediatrician? How do you think they've looked? Go ahead. To, to be honest, I, okay, so I, like I said, I, I was born in Sierra Leone, left Sierra Leone around maybe at the age of 12, 13, and I can remember back then, I always used to be sick, always used to have headaches. But when they go, they're like, oh, it's just a little child, nothing, she'll grow yeah. out of it. Even in Canada, where I was, my uh, physician was like, oh, maybe you're in the university, you're too stressed, that's why your blood pressure was high. So by the time they got to the point where my creatinine was like 1.1, 1.2, they're like, oh, there's something wrong. At this age, your creatinine is not supposed to be this elevator, right? So it was at that, I didn't get to do a biopsy until I came here. Okay. You know, and, and yeah. yeah, a nephrologist from John Hopkins did my um, um, biopsy. biopsy. And now I'm gonna do um, even uh, a test to make sure that it's not genetics, you know, things mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. But um, every everyone really overlooked it and say, you're young. I think it's school stress. So no one really um, that looking at Father, until I started having complications during pregnancy. Okay, and that's why I'm of the opinion, and I'm stressing this, and Mohammed, please note this. I want my 13 
to 15-year-olds, boys and girls, boy, girls mainly, if you will, mm -hmm. just, just get online, get on, get on, get on our page. Yeah. Say to me, my cycle starts. What mm -hmm. should I expect? Yes. Oh, my cycle has not started. What did you think is going on? And that is a very good time for this lady who's in our room to talk to me personally. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's, with, it's a privilege. Yes. And I will I consider it a privilege that I'm talking to her. And I will tell her, these are the things you need to keep track of. Mm -hmm. These are the way things are. Your hormones are changing. And don't compare yourself with other girls. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we didn't then, get that. We didn't get that. It wasn't taught. You know, we never knew about that. You have your period, you're hiding, you don't want to talk about this and that. You don't know what to do when there are changes to your body. So I think that's a good point. Definitely a good point. Okay. I'll see. Thank you. I'll see you shortly. I'm sorry. So I definitely uh, think that's a good point that you're making. Um, oh, yeah. that, you know, we should be talking to young girls. Yeah. Let them express themselves. Talk yes. about how you feel and what you feel in your experiences. Because I never got that. Like I okay. said, people, when I went to Canada to even, you know, talk about things like that. So it's like, okay, well, you know what? I'm in university, so I'm stressed. That's why my blood pressure is high. No one really checked to see if it was from my kidneys or where it's coming from. And, and just to move a little bit away from preeclampsia for the moment, I just told uh, Mohammed this, we have to make sure it's not happening to our children in Africa. Mm -hmm. uh, the recent thinking now is that they don't want women to start having pap smear until they're 25. I'll say no. That's my question. Another question I have, when do you start? Because okay. people American, have all kinds of um, problems, if you will. Okay, mm -hmm. American College of OBGYN, earlier on when I first started uh, practice 30 years ago, said 18. And then all of a sudden they, claim, they came around and said, ah, we should start this at 21, which I didn't like. And then as of recent, they said we should start at 25. Here's my problem. A lot of women, the only place they come to to get connected into healthcare is through the OBGYN. Mm -hmm. Now, you start telling me that they're not going to come until 25. Do you know how many problems I'm going to miss mm -hmm. by the time they're 25? Not that GYN, but here's somebody who says, you know what? I, I don't have my periods every month, but I have them like every three months. She may be a PCOS patient. Polycystic mm -hmm. over. And if that is true, she goes, My, I have a painful cycle. She may have endometriosis. Mm -hmm. How do we manage that? Should we put on birth control pill? If I've known that when she came in at 13, I will start talking and say, keep coming back. Maybe by 18, we could start on birth control pills and say, just to minimize your pain. This is something we're going to live with. This is what endometriosis is all about. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I. I, I, I disagree. Academia is okay, but you know what? Knowledge is better than data. Knowledge is better. And that's the thing where mostly like, even me, I knew about fiber and all of that, but then it wasn't knowledgeable to me to the point that I, I can say, oh, you know what? I need to do this or take action about anything because I didn't have full understanding of it, you know? Okay. So that's another thing. Okay. Question. What is fibroid? Okay. Fibroid is a, it's a smooth muscle uh, mass that develops on the uterus and it can be stimulated by hormones. It can be. Mm -hmm. And it's for every black woman that has fibroid, 
you uh, for every white woman that's have fibroid, you find it in three black women. Wow. Okay. It can affect pregnancy if it's growing in a, in places that are not appropriate. For instance, if it's growing inside the uterine cavity, if you get pregnant, it can compete for space with the baby. Mm. It can affect your cycle. If it's growing inside the wall of the uterus, it can make pregnancy difficult. It can make delivery difficult if it's growing way lower in the uterine on, on the uterus because it's obstructing the outlet. So uh, can we treat it? Yes, we can treat it with surgery. We can treat it with um, um, what is called uterine artery embolization where we block the blood flow to the uterus and hopefully the fibroid will start growing. But this is important because if the woman is having heavy cycles, why is she having heavy cycles? Maybe we can do sonogram early and then maybe we can follow it. Mm. See, prevention is better than care. Right. Uh, and that's the I, thing because it, even with me personally, I've always had heavy cycle um, cycles. When I was yeah. young, they told me I had fibroids and cysts and this and that. But nothing was, oh, you're young, you, you will get over it, you know, it, it comes in young women. But, but to be honest with the fiber, a lot of my friends or peers or women, women of color that I know do have fibroids. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure it, why, but. That's it, what I'm saying. We don't, we just know it's more common in blacks than white. Mm -hmm. And we know it can be, there may be genetic predisposition, we don't know. But take a look at what we eat. Take a look at what we eat again. Fufu is made out of cassava, right? Yes, sir. Okay, mm -hmm. take a look at cassava. Cassava has estrogen content in it and it has cyanide in it also. You know, they have to come. Sure, they have wow. to compress that. They wow. have to compress that uh, uh, cassava for a long time to, to get out the cyanide in it. So is it really worthwhile to be eating a lot of that? No. No. Wow. So, okay. I mean, so <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> it's not. It's not. So we we feed ourselves all kinds of rubbish that you know, and the the oil, the palm oil that we use, the polyunsaturated, uh, this fat that is very highly concentrated. Wow. And it's 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 problematic. If you eat anything and it tastes so good. You better worry about it because it's the fat content in it that's making it that that tastes that good. So, so you know we have it is. I mean, you know that you the nutritionist, the exercise guru. So, so we need we need to we need to to impress that on our people. We have a lot of work yes. to do. We yes. have a lot of work yes. to do yes. in Africa, yes. but we, we can only do it one at a time. One I'm not time. I'm not interested in. I'm not interested in healing the whole of Africa, no. Yes. But if I start somewhere and God can yes. help to start growing, that, that, yeah. that's all I want. And then, and then the, good thing about, about us is, the good thing about us Africans or people of color is just when you help one person and it works, the word of mouth will go around. Yeah, that's and that's, that's all you that, need. <laughs> that's, that's, that's better than your, your business card. Is yeah. the word of I never had business card for years. It's the yeah. word of mouth that I use. So and I've I've treated a lot of people by God's grace, and mm -hmm. that's just what it is. So yeah. that's fibroid for you. My wife had it. My two sister had it. 
Wow. I've taken about uh, seven pounds fibroid out of a lady. I just took uh, one out of somebody last week. Wow. I just seven took pounds. I just took one out of yes. I just took one out of a lady. Uh, she, the baby weighed about almost four pounds plus, uh, and she's smaller than you. I mean, she has a belly that everything is right up to her up to her neck. She's a very small built lady, and I had to cut her open to get it out. So mm. it's 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 something we have to. Education is number one. Education, education. is number one, and mm. we can, can do education through video, through telehealth, and through your experience. Uh, we we can do it. I don't have any problem with it, yeah. and I'm glad we're talking about this. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. One, one, one last thing before we wrap up here. And we're gonna have clearly gonna have need to have part two of this. Um, oh yeah. But before we wrap up here, another thing that most women will experience and struggle with is infertility. How do you treat sure. it? What happens in it? How how what's the process looks like when two okay. couples are trying to have babies and okay. unsuccessful? Okay. Okay, let me just impress you all with a few numbers. If you have baby through uh, in vitro or assisted reproductive technology, you are set up for preeclampsia. <laughs> just thought I'd tell you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you are set up. Okay, but all right, so let's go. Let's go to the other part. If a couple is struggling, 40% of the time is the man. 40% of the time is the woman. The 20% of the time, God has not revealed it to us. It's timing. <laughs> timing, maybe. So, well, that's true too. Okay, <laughs> let's, say, let's say the whole world is engaging in sex today. Today. Oh, starting in June. Let's say June, starting on Monday or Tuesday. The whole world decides to engage in sex, 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 for the, throughout the whole of June. Only 20% of that population will get pregnant. That's the way God made it. Okay. Mm. So, so now I've said that when a couple is having problem getting pregnant, we can use timed intercourse for that. And I've, I've done that and it worked for somebody that I talked to in Ohio. So how does that work? So your period starts today. And on day five, day seven, it stops, okay? So you just tell the lady at the couple, engage in sex every other day until like day 18. Sperm will leave for 36 hours. Egg only leaves for 24 hours. So on day 14, if she's 28 day cycle, on day 14, when the egg is produced, Let's say they engage in sex the day before, their sperm still sitting there. You'll get it. That's just the way it is. Um, so that's that. That is both the man is uh, giving us enough sperm. He has to be able to give me about 2 million in an ejaculate. That's what the studies show. Uh, some, some men don't, they shoot blanks. So we need to know that. So he, we have to have semen analysis for the men. We have to have uh, what we call um, um, uh, hysterosalpingogram for the female uh, to take a look at the tubes to make sure the tubes are open. 
and that's another reason why I like to let these girls know early on in life that if you feel like having sex, four things are likely to happen when you say you have sex. You can get pregnant. You can get sexually transmitted disease. You can have psychological problem because the guy dumped you. Mm-hmm. And the, the fourth thing, the spiritual part, you can start incorporating the, the spiritual, uh, whatever is in that other partner, you can get it by mixing your semen or, or mixing body fluids. Mm-hmm. People don't seem to want to accept that, but it's there. But I'm, I'll tell you. So during early years, 14, 16, 18, they are tempted to have sex. You may have chlamydia. And chlamydia will ruin the tube. If that happens, you're not going to get pregnant. Wow. If you get pregnant, it might destroy the pregnancy because of the toxin coming out of the tube. So we have to take the tube away first and then we'll do uh, reproductive uh, technology on you. So anytime you say a couple can get, we better test the man too. Okay. So, so, and, and I don't start worrying about that until somebody's been, they've been having uninterrupted sex for a year. And they are like, you know, over 30, okay? Because the, the time the eggs is most ripe is between 26 and 28 years. That's the best time the egg is very ripe. So um, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Uh, okay. So, okay. So um, the, eggs, the eggs are ripe between 26, 28 um um you you have uh, when you are 20 weeks in your mom you have about 20 million eggs when you're about uh when you are when when you are born you have about 7 million and throughout your lifetime you use about 525 eggs all your life the rest of them you absorb it that's the way god made it so so if you if you have any fertility don't give up don't blame one partner let us work on both both partners. Okay. Any any other questions? So we're gonna save this for part two. Um, this is enlightening <laughs> for me to just see, um, be a fly on the wall, just listening to the both of you. Really drop lots of gems. Yes. <laughs> thank you. I'm very grateful. Again, anytime, anytime you guys want. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm very grateful. I'm grateful. Thank you. Thank you both for taking the time and um, look forward to part two. Okay. All right. All right. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Nice meeting right. you. Nice to meet you. Bye. Over the years, humanity has been able to transform almost everything into modern day technology. Despite the technological advancements of digital solutions everywhere, the healthcare industry has a lot of catching up to do. Innov Cares has a mission to bridge the gap between humanity and quality healthcare access through telemedicine. Imagine a world where you do not need to leave your home to be connected to a doctor, nurse practitioner, nurse, pharmacist, physiotherapist and every other person on the healthcare team. Everything is done right from the convenience of your home. Innov Cares is a telehealth and wellness platform that brings affordable healthcare services to people wherever they are. All you need to stay connected is an internet connection on your phone. 
The platform ensures access to quality all-round health solutions such as health and disease specialists, lifestyle and wellness features and lifestyle and wellness tips to prevent chronic diseases. Innov Cares also offers services for sports coaches or team owners who would like to sign up their athletes for quick and quality health services. Besides getting the best health and lifestyle tips, athletes can get connected almost immediately to the right healthcare provider in the case of an emergency such as a sustained injury. Furthermore, the providers at Innov Cares make it a point to ensure that the recovery process is being followed up. Get rewards, join the health tribe, connect health devices, tick your action list and spend more time with your healthcare team at Innov Cares. Download your Innov Cares app on Google Play Store or Apple Store now.